0: I love how on any given Sunday we've got different musicians playing different things and singing in different ways and what a blessing. And I hope you have noticed again the lyrics of the song aren't of the songs aren't just by accident. They are Holy Spirit driven. Nick chooses them for a reason. And if you've been paying attention, God has already been preparing your heart for what we're going to study this morning gosh it's good to be with you and it's good to see a lot of faces that I've been missing I've been gone a lot this summer and I'm quite honestly I'm glad to be home and glad to be back with you several of you have mentioned that summer has felt like a whirlwind more so than ever and as much as we have mixed feelings about school starting and getting back in routine I would say that most of us are glad to to get back on track, so to speak. I want to encourage you. You know, there is a lot of research about church worship attendance. And one of the things that I've found that is the common percentage right now is that folks worship, on average, once a month. Once a month. And I know that lives are very, very busy And I know that sports and family and other stuff take your attention away from corporate worship on Sunday morning. But my friends, we need each other. These seats need to be filled. We need to be worshiping as a body, as a family. So let me encourage you, please don't let it be just once a month. Please don't roll over. I had a friend years ago who liked to say she would attend Bedside Methodist. Please don't do that if you're in town. Or if you're elsewhere and can find anywhere to worship, then go. Be a part of it. I want to encourage you. As I said, we need each other. So enough of that. Let's do better than once a month. I'm going to talk about blindness today. I know probably five people who have a visual impairment of some kind or another. Some of the, one is a teenager who has been blind sen- or visually impaired for most of his life. Of uh, the other end of the spectrum there's a 102-year-old who still works on her computer with huge letters and uh, is visually impaired. So different different things Uh, Different situations for these five people that I know, but four out of five of them have a deep desire in their age range to live life to the fullest. They desire to receive everything that God has for them, and they are not going to let their visual impairment slow them down. The other person is my mother, 96 years old. She doesn't have sight anymore, but we lost her to dementia years ago, so she's not aware of of her blindness, so to speak. So blindness can be physical, but I believe blindness can also be spiritual, and that's what we're going to address today. Because sometimes when life circumstances or our perception or even our choices can blind us from or distort our idea of where god is or who we are does that make sense sometimes we are so focused on what is happening in our life what has not gone according to plan plan, sometimes we are so frustrated with what life is throwing at us that we are blind to God's presence within our life. I think that's a a truth that we all struggle with at some point in our life, so we're going to address it. I'm going to talk about, study two guys in the Bible today, one from the New Testament named Bartimaeus and one from the Old Testament named Jacob. So if you would, Let's let's pray first and then we'll go to scripture. God, life is so full. Life is so busy. And we have our own ideas of life and our own ideas of identity and agendas. God, and sometimes we are blind to the ways in which you are working in our lives. So I pray in the next few minutes, your Holy Spirit, God, would engulf us. That you would get through to us. That you would speak through this humble vessel. I don't want it to be my words, God. I want it to be your words. So speak to us. And speak in a way, God, that we can hear you. That we can can hear your hope that comes through Christ the hope that we have, knowing that you can be with us. Thank you, Father, for the gift of your son, Jesus. We do pray in his name. Amen. Let's go to Mark 10. Mark 10, this is the story of the healing of the guy named Bartimaeus. Mark 10, starting with the 46th verse. I want you to know that this is the last gospel recording of a healing A miracle that Jesus performs. Jesus and his disciples, all of his followers, are heading toward Jerusalem. Uh, In a sequence of events, we're looking at about a week before what we consider Holy Week. When we consider Palm Sunday, when Jesus made that triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So he knows where he's headed. People know Uh, And continue to to affirm that he is Messiah. And that's when this, this miracle occurs. They came to Jericho, and as he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, my teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight and followed Jesus on the way. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So let's take a look at Bartimaeus. He did several things that, as usual, I feel that uh, we can learn from. And the first is this. He cried out, Jesus, son of David. Now that was probably the most political name that he could have called Jesus at the time. Because it was a, a sign and a symbol meaning One day we will be free. That blind man sitting at the side of the road was claiming that, Oh, that's the Jesus I've heard about. I believe in him. I trust in him. He is Lord. He is Messiah. It was a foreshadowing also of all of Jesus' ministry coming to fruition in that he was in Jerusalem just a, a few days later, going to die so that all of creation might live. Jesus, son of David. Then he said, have mercy on me. Have mercy. Bartimaeus in that, I believe, is actively seeking God's blessing. He's crying out. And I believe that Jesus is drawn to those who are desperate. Those who are willing to, to admit their need those who are willing to admit their need where are you with that today if you're like me and most people we try to do things alone and on our own tell you what since I broke my wrist I've been humbled I've been humbled by the way that I have to ask for help and that I have to receive help with the littlest things that I've all my life been able to do on my own. You can come to to your own ideas of where you are needy, but trying to put up a good front or trying to push through in your independency and trying to handle things on your own. Where are you needy? I believe we all are. It reminds me also of Jacob from the Old Testament. And I will say I heard a fabulous sermon on this a couple of weeks ago by um, one of my close friends, a, a Bible teacher, Betty McKinney. So I'm going to use some of what she has, has preached on because I, I know that uh, it has to do with this as well. Some of you remember that Jacob was Esau's brother, Isaac and Rebecca were his parents. Uh, He had Leah and Rachel as wives. A lot of things happened. We can have a whole sermon series on that story from the book of Genesis. But there were some things that happened in his life that caused him to get to a point where he was wrestling with God. And that's where I want to, to start. You see, Jacob was a smart guy. He grew up successful. But all of his life he carried with him strife and torment. He lived in fear. He was confused that his life was not the way he wanted it to be. He was full of jealousy. He was full of rivalry and contention. Jacob felt unworthy, and he felt full of shame and guilt, and he felt that no matter what he did, it wouldn't be good enough for God, that God would reject him. But you see, God had a purpose, a plan for his life, and Jacob was actually chosen by God to be part of this covenant relationship for the salvation of the world. He was part of God's promise, but at the time, he didn't believe it. He didn't feel that he was worthy. Jacob lived in what I call overwhelming darkness or I would call it spiritual blindness because of life circumstances there was fear and bitterness and rejection there was his unworthiness there was guilt that was overriding anything else uh, anything that God would say would identify Jacob he had his own ideas and see sometimes I believe We experience blindness when life circumstances or our perceptions distort our idea of who we are and who God is. Just like our songs have said this morning, God loves us more than we can think or imagine. He knows what good he wants to put into our lives. And I believe he will do whatever it takes to get our attention. Just this morning as I was flipping through Instagram, Toby Max's quote came up, and I thought it was so fitting. He said, God will sometimes wreck your plans when he sees that your plans are about to wreck you. See, God loves us too much not to keep us drawing us back to him, to keep us from understanding what his love is all about. He will allow things to change in our lives so that we can be redirected back to him. He wants us to believe that he loves us no matter what. He loves us more than we can ever think or imagine. He wants us back. God's always ready to give us a blessing but I believe it is our human nature to be slow to receive a blessing because most often we like Jacob feel that we are unworthy oh well God may want you to 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 have a fullness of life completeness wholeness but yeah, I've done too many things wrong. Or I, I'm just going to carry the shame of years past with me. Or life just really stinks right now. It's not how any way, shape, or form I wanted it to be. So God surely doesn't want to bless me. That isn't what God has for us. God wants to give us his forgiveness, his healing. He wants us to take on our identity in him, his righteousness. He wants us to live in victory. He wants good for us. He wants us to to be grounded in his love. We have to be willing, though. We have to be willing to admit that we're needy. We have to be willing to admit And surrender. Surrender to me for years and years, I've told you this before, was always like a dirty word because it felt to me that it was a a sign of weakness instead of a sign of strength. But over the years, God has helped me learn that it is only when I surrender to Him and put those things, I think... Nick was the one that said, put those things of distraction on the altar. Only when that happened did I realize that surrendering was how I became strong. Surrender, giving all of our life, our dreams, our plans, our circumstances to God. And believing that in our neediness, in our weakness, He will give us strength. Jacob wrestled with a man, it says. And if we do some translation, man is Elohim, which is the word for God. So in Scripture, we're told that Jacob is wrestling with God. I don't know about you, but I've wrestled with God quite a few times when my life or a particular season or a circumstance isn't the way I thought it would be. Jacob wrestled with God, and it was an all-out, Betty called it, an encounter with God, physical, emotional, spiritual. And then that man, God said to Jacob, because God couldn't overpower him because Jacob was putting up such a fight, was so very strong. So the man, God, said to Jacob, let me go. I'm done with this. And Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. That's the point that God wanted Jacob to get to. In that moment, Jacob realized his neediness, that all he was fighting for, all of his self-induced strength was not working And that he needed God, desired a blessing, and was willing to receive it. Sometimes we have to get to that point where we are desperate and say, God, I need you to help me with this. Some of you have been there where you've tried everything on your own and finally you're face down on the floor saying, I can't do it anymore. And then you are willing to receive all that God has for you. Desperate, ready to receive. Jacob wanted to know God, and he finally was realizing and recognizing himself as needy. And he wanted to know who he truly was in God's eyes. And God, the man, asked, so what is your name? He knew full well what his name was, but he wanted to see what Jacob thought about himself. His self-esteem or his self, uh, uh, there's another word, image, thank you. So another way to ask this would have been, Jacob, how do you see yourself? And he answered, well, my name is Jacob. And God said, oh, yes, but not for any longer. From now on, your name will be Israel because you have shown your neediness. You are telling me you desire to be changed. And because of that, you are going to be a man that has great influence. You have struggled. You have prevailed. You have overcome. Now, back to Bartimaeus. He too was a man who desired something from God. He kept on yelling and yelling louder, crying out, Jesus, I can just hear him like Jacob saying, don't leave until you give me a blessing. I I need to hear from you, master, teacher, Lord. And the cool thing was, when the people rebuked him, when they were saying, be quiet, sit down. You see, I believe that in that society, blindness was, it was a, a, a disease that allowed people to just um, appear insignificant. They were just kind of brushed away, like, oh, we aren't going to give you any time of day. When they rebuked him, He didn't stop. What did he do? He claimed his faith louder. And he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. That means I desire help from you. I see you. I have faith in, not see literally yet. I see who you are. I feel who you are in my spirit. Help me. I want a blessing. Jesus stopped. He heard Bartimaeus' desire, his willingness to be changed, to be healed. Jesus stopped. Some translations said he stood still. He gave his full attention to Bart. And then he asked that question. We know that Jesus knew exactly what Bart needed, but he said, what do you want me to do for you? Why would he ask that? He wanted to be sure that Bartimaeus could express his faith and his trust in Jesus. He needed him to express his desire. And he said, teacher, rabbi, master, I want to see again. Some translations say, I I want you to recover my sight Or I want to regain my sight. Now this is just, I'm no scholar, you know that. But as many times as I've read this, I have never paid attention to that word again. I want to see again. I want to recover my sight. I want you to restore my vision. I don't know. Scholars don't know how long Bart was blind, whether he was blind from birth as if it were a temporary thing or not. But this gives me hope that when we get sidetracked, when we are living under darkness, when we are living under this perception of, oh, God... I guess this is as good as it's going to get. This isn't how I planned life. The circumstances are too overwhelming for me. I don't know what I'm going to do. He was blind. But then, what happens? What happens? I want to see again. I love this. Mark uses the word immediately a lot. And it was instantaneous. It says immediately his sight was restored. Immediately he could set, see. Because Jesus recognized his faith. His faith. This one step of I desire you Jesus. I am willing to lay down my dreams, my plans, my Agenda. I am willing to say you are Messiah. You are my Savior. You are the Lord of my life. In other words, Bart and Jacob, I believe, both laid down and risked all that was important to them. And I believe today God is asking you and me to do the same. Perhaps it's where our strengths are or where our identity comes from. Perhaps it's what we're busy with or what we use to fill up our time. I believe that if we are going to continue on this path of transformation, if we are going to continue to allow the Holy Spirit to sanctify, purify, cleanse, and grow us, then we need to take a step Another step of faith. And we need to say to him, I want to see again. Don't let me be blinded by my circumstances. Don't let me be blinded by the world. Don't let me get sidetracked. I'm not leaving till I get a blessing. My friends, do you desire God's help today? Are you willing To say, I don't have it all together. I am needy. And my Lord Jesus, I need you. I desire the hope that you can give me. I desire the strength that only you, Jesus, can give me. I desire to trust in you. I don't know what the future looks like. I don't know what's going to happen a day or a week or five years from now. But I choose to trust in you. Is that where you are? And the last thing Bart did, it said, he got up and followed Jesus. He followed him. He left what he had known and followed Jesus. For some of you, you have been under that dark cloud of blindness, and Jesus is saying, I just got to hear What do you want me to do for you? What do you want? I just need to hear that you do believe, that you do have a little bit of faith. And remember, it takes just a little bit of I'm willing, I desire. You don't know what school is going to be like. You're overwhelmed with the class schedule. You're overwhelmed with, with schedule and practice and homework. Parents, you're, you're concerned about your children going to, to high school or to college. Some of you don't know where you're gonna get a job. Some of you don't know how much longer you're gonna live. Some of you don't know if your marriage is gonna make it or not. Some of you are saying, I don't even know about this Jesus right now. Then be honest. Are you willing to say, I'm needy? Sometimes our strengths are our greatest weaknesses. Sometimes as independent, self-sufficient folks... We will get sidetracked and we will get blinded to God's love. And we will be blinded for His care for us, for His mercy for us. Scripture says His mercies are new every morning. It's not just, oh yes, I'll give her mercy today and oh, maybe Him tomorrow. My friends, God is a loving, faithful, compassionate God. And every single day, His mercies are new. So no matter where you are, what you've done, or how you're feeling about yourself or your life, Jesus is asking you, what do you want me to do for you? Sometimes we don't express what we want Sometimes we don't express what we need. Where is he calling you to step out in faith? Or or maybe, do you need Jesus to restore your sight today? I believe Jesus is waiting for each one of us to say, Oh Lord, I need you. Every hour, I need you. As a band comes up, let's pray. God, your your word is always so applicable to our lives. And as scripture says, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And it, it separates soul from spirit. So it separates our emotions and our will and our mind from your spirit connecting to our spirit. So God, I just pray that you would forgive us for the way we often let emotions get in front, the ways in which we allow our will and our mind to just take control and, and run wild and wreck havoc in our lives. And I pray, God, in this time, you would realign us, that our spirits would be in check, in sync, with your spirit. God, I believe that you are a healer, that you are our strength, that you are our hope. And I pray that we might have the strength to admit our weakness, to admit our neediness. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. I encourage you to come and kneel down and just have some personal time with Jesus. Pray to Him about your needs, your weakness. He will meet you there. Let's stand.